it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening and share it as well. Sharing is caring. If you are on Apple, then leave us a five-star review. That really helps us. And also connect with us on Instagram at Business Beauty Network. And you can connect with me as well at I am Brandy Taylor right on Instagram. And Brandy is with an I, not a Y. So I am Brandy Taylor. Connect with me there. I would love to connect with you and learn more about how you're enjoying this awesome content. And don't forget to share it with anyone you think it might benefit. Also, we are now on YouTube, so you can catch some of the live episodes, unscripted, unedited right on YouTube, and I've been having some fun with that. So definitely check us out at Biz Beauty Network on YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe there. Hit that subscribe and notification bell so that you don't miss an upload. But now that all of that is out of the way, I had a phenomenal conversation and interview with today's guest, and I can't wait to share the interview. But before we get into that, I just wanted to kind of share a little bit of my thoughts on today. Like, I've really been thinking about where I'm at in my life and uh, different things. And it's interesting because I feel like I'm going in a journey and everything in this particular journey that I'm on isn't easy and it isn't exactly um fun right but it's a process i'm learning and i'm really learning to be content with the journey and happy even during difficult times or even during times where i'm learning and growing and stepping into something new and i just want to encourage you that you can enjoy the journey you know life is what you make it and it doesn't have to be hard and you can be happy even before you get to that destination whatever your goals are for your life and for your business you can be happy while you're working towards what your dreams are and what your goals are so i'm choosing just to be happy and to focus on what i want at this time and regardless to how hard it is or how tough it is just really allowing myself just to enjoy life and i'm sharing that because honestly i had not been able to do that i was so uptight always grinding always trying to get to the next level that i was stressed out and i wasn't happy so um i've been doing a lot of self-work on myself and therapy and all of those things and that's what's really been helping me just really enjoying the process reflecting on things and being grateful and really focusing on my gratitude as well as something that has been helping me. So I hope that that'll help you as well. But I just wanted to share that. I encourage you that no matter what situation you're in, things are going to get better. Just don't quit. You know, you'll never fail unless you quit, right? So just keep pushing, keep moving, and eventually everything will work out. But if everything is already great, then great. But I wanted to share that. So let's get into today's episode. 
I met Adrian at an expo that I was a vendor at um, earlier this summer. I did some mini interviews with some of the speakers. He was one of the speakers and he specializes in the man weave, right? He does uh, scalp micropigmentation and all of those different things that you see on social media, helping men to have the hair that they always wanted. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, women wear extensions and things like that. But even while I was at the expo, we had some interesting conversations. My husband's bald and I talked to him about like the man weave and what he thought about those things. And it was just interesting hearing his viewpoint and even some of the women that was there, um, their viewpoint as well. But I really enjoyed the mini interview I had with Adrienne, the barber bishop, because I could really tell that he was very passionate, not only about what he does, but about the people. And he was very inspirational and just, you know, a true brother. So I really, really enjoyed connecting with him and interviewing him. Had to have him on the podcast and he did not disappoint. I think you're going to definitely get something out of this episode. He dropped so many gems and um, I think this is a good one, guys. So make sure you get your coffee, your wine, your water, whatever your favorite drink is and share this one and let me know what you're thinking. Leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on this episode. But here is a little bit of Adrian, the Barber Bishop's bio. The Barber Bishop has been a barber, educator, and entrepreneur for over 20 years. Adrian has seven children and one grandchild on the way. Adrian's passion is education, family, and ministry. He lives to transform the lives of his clientele who suffer from with baldness by providing them options either through hair systems or scalp micropigmentation. Adrian also loves to educate those within the beauty industry, these life-changing techniques. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, and here it goes. Hey everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. Bernie the Barber Bishop on. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to be on. It's it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, just to be able to share, have a conversation, and hopefully out of this conversation and the things that we share uh back and forth, somebody will be inspired uh and motivated. Awesome, awesome. <clears throat> We're excited to have you today and i i wish that as well so before we learn more about you and all the awesome things you're doing with your business tell us something about yourself that most people would not know hmm uh that's a good question i would say something that most people don't know uh is that i'm a minister most people don't know that you know i'm i'm known for being a barber you know, I'm known for being a businessman, but I'm not known necessarily. Uh, I mean, my personal, I mean, my clients, they know, 
but in terms of like the greater world uh they don't know uh and so that i would say that's the that's the one thing that a lot of people don't know is that um that i'm a minister and so and it's something i'm not ashamed of awesome awesome well nothing to be ashamed of i i figured that out when i visited <laughs> their page for sure <laughs> i was like oh he, i was like okay he giving the word a whole word okay right, right. <laughs> so a whole word <laughs> so thanks for sharing that so before we get into everything seven children <laughs> seven children seven children wow. Oh, se wow. se seven children and uh you know i was married for 17 years i'm divorced now i've been divorced for quite some time um engaged to an awesome woman um but the seven children came out of my my marriage that i was in oh okay uh, and great. so and, and 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 no slam on individuals who have seven children that are by different women i mean as long as you're taking care of them you know what i mean we i i guess we assume that's not ideal, but it happens in our world as long as you're taking care of your responsibility. But my seven children came from one woman. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> well, it sounds like there's never a dull moment in your life, okay? <laughs> was... you, you, you know, that's probably what I should have said. Most people don't know. Uh, there's never a <laughs> right. dull moment. <laughs> never a dull moment with seven, okay? Right. Well, that's what, well, I'm, right. I'm excited. It's the seventh day of the month, the seventh month, and Seven is my favorite number because I was I born you. on the seventh month. So, <laughs> so wow. I love it. I didn't I even pick it. that up. I didn't pick that <laughs> yeah, up. It's all, seven, it's all seven, good. Seven. It's all good. Well, thanks for sharing that. So let's talk a little bit about your career. Like you've been in the game for 20 years. Yeah. So I know you're doing some great and awesome things now, but let's talk about the journey. Like how did you get started wow. as a barber? And just take us along your journey. That's a good question, and thanks for asking. My journey started at 15 years old. Um, was walking down the aisle with my mom, and uh, you know, Kmart. I don't know if they have a Kmart in Detroit or in that area or not, but we have one up in Indiana, <clears throat> Northeast Indiana. So I was walking down the aisle and looked over, saw a pair of clippers, and I don't know what it was. I was like, "Hey, mom, you know, can you can you help a brother out?" And so. <laughs> So she she bought me those clippers and uh, I didn't hesitate, you know, without knowing anything about cutting hair. Um, you know, I lied and, you know, because I was in school at the first time I was, I was at school. I lied to some of my friends and said I could cut hair, you know. And so, you know, I had a buddy of mine. He said, you know what? Me and my cousin is going to come over. And so he, he was smart. He said, me and my cousin is going to come over. So. He didn't get the haircut, but but his cousin got the haircut. You know, he wanted to see what I was working with. And so I cut his hair. I didn't do the best job, but that was the beginning for me. Uh, <clears throat> and in terms of the journey, you know, barbering started off as just me wanting to cut hair. But it, it progressed into something as my life evolved, as I changed as a man, as I experienced things. And so barbering became something more than just me wanting to become a good barber and and it it, mer it morphed into wanting to make money and then it morphed into man this is a prime opportunity i have a platform to uh, to share to share my experience to to help to come alongside of people in in very difficult and vulnerable moments for them and be uh be a help 
And so that's that's kind of been the journey uh, for barbering uh, for me. Great, great. So did you have any struggles in the beginning, like when you first you know, started out and became a barber? Um, was it hard for you? Like, kind of take us through that journey. You know, um, you know, there was pre-license and post-license. You know, a lot of those individuals who are cutting hair pre-license, you know, there's really not a struggle because you're just cutting hair. I mean, you're, you know, some people are using it maybe just to kind of keep some money in their pocket or some are using it to, you know, express creativity and, 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 and artistry, you know. And others are using it to, uh, you know, make ends meet. But the struggle came in for me post license, you know, because I'm in life now. At this moment, I have children, you know what I mean? And so trying to build up a business, you know what I mean? Trying to decide what direction I'm going to take in this industry. Yeah, it was a struggle for me. But, you know, um, I didn't give up. You know, I didn't give up. And uh, I was tenacious and I was blessed and. You know, I had I had people that came alongside of me to help me in the journey. And um, yeah, that, that, those were some of the struggles. OK, well, so so it was struggle building once you were licensed and everything um, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> like building a clientele, things of that nature. What was that like? You know, you have you got to be creative, you know, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, once you get I, I mean, and let's be honest, it's with anything in life, you know what I mean? Not just barber. You know, you have two types of people. You have people that that wait for things to happen and you have people that that, uh, you know, go and make things happen. And I was a combination of both. You know, I kind of was more reactionary, you know what I mean? Uh, and so I was that barber in the beginning that would sit in uh, a barber shop and just wait for something to happen. And then once I realized that that wasn't going to happen and then I kind of begin to start kind of rising up and saying, you know, okay, these are, I, I need to make some moves. And so what I did, me and a buddy of mine, we started a barbershop, uh, you know, not too long after uh, barber college, you know, we, uh, we realized that, you know, just sitting in a barbershop, one going, one going, one going to help. And so, you know, we started a barbershop and, you know, it was exciting starting a barbershop, uh, but that didn't last long. And that's, that's one thing I encourage a lot of barbers who get out of barber college to do is to go sit in a barbershop, you know, even if you have dreams of starting your own shop and just learning from people who kind of been there, done that. And so that didn't work for us. And then we started something called Barber on Wheels. And that was basically just bringing a haircut to you. You know, a lot of people are kind of doing it on another level now. They're kind of actually gutting out sprinter trucks and, you know, uh, RVs and things like that and kind of like creating a barbershop atmosphere, bringing that to their clients. And so we did that, but we came to our clients' home, their place of business and things like that. And so we did that. And so those were some of the things that I did early on in my barbering uh, barbering uh, career. Yes, I could definitely see that. And I'm glad you touched on like sitting there just waiting for clients to come. It's not going to help you gain clients because I talk to so many like hairstylists and people in the industry who sometimes when they're newer 
or maybe even been in the game a while they're struggling right. like to, right. to build their clientele and they're i'm like well what have you done to gain Absolutely. clients and they're like well i'm here you know <laughs> like I, I, I post on social media but right right right, know, right it's right. all about it's all about marketing and positioning yourself in the market Absolutely. and you know and being able to attract your ideal client so when was it that you really after like having a couple of experiences and failed things that didn't work when was it that you discover like how to market yourself like when did that happen for you you know i don't know if i'm going to answer the question maybe that way but i'm going to more, more or less answer the question this way my life changed when i changed and so <clears throat> that's one thing that a lot of people don't take into account now you can be doing a lot of different things you can be a barber beautician you can be a mechanic you can be a lawyer doctor you can be all those things professionally but personally you know what i mean you may not be where you want to be and so once you begin to start focusing on uh personal development that's when things kind of begin to start kind of blossoming and, and taking shape so that happened for me you know what i mean i got i got saved and uh went off into bible college for five years i was cutting hair too but i was developing as a person it wasn't really just learning about god it was about as I was learning about God, I'm learning about myself. And so that automatically translated into me being a better barber. And so I would have to say that's kind of when things change, when I begin to start looking at, okay, I need to develop myself. And once I develop myself, then kind of some of these doors started opening for me. You know what I mean? I started mm -hmm. attracting that ideal client because a lot of us, we want the ideal client without being the ideal person. You know what I mean? And so, and when I mean by ideal person, I'm not talking about like perfect. I'm talking about like, you know, you know, game recognized game. And so you attract what who you are. And so you can't attract that high value uh, person, high value client, if you're not positioning yourself and developing yourself, reading books that that's going to, <clears throat> help you develop character, help you to understand about integrity, you know, uh, help you to understand about time management, help you understand about having a positive attitude, uh, having having manners and customer service. And that's one thing that I see that a lot of us in our community lack. Now, it's it's no slam on our community, but I've gone in so many barbershops, Brandon, you know, whether it be me trying to promote things or me just trying to, you know, I'm in a new town, just trying to, you know, just see what the, you know, what other barbershops are doing. <clears throat> and there's been so many barbershops across the nation that I've gone to. And I step into the barbershop and I'm and I met with a head nod. And I'm not met with like, you know, like, hey, brother, how you doing? Or, you know, hey, what brings you in? You know, how can I help you? And it's almost kind of like we feel like that doesn't you know coincide with the image we're trying to project and so we're going to attract those type of clients those people that are kind of like hard you know what i mean don't don't really value you know what i mean your profession so they're going to be saying you know man dang you charge 40 dollars for a haircut i mean you know they're going to be looking for discounts you know but when you kind of position yourself you know, to be that type of person, you attract those people that's not going to ask those questions like, man, why you charge so much? Mm -hmm. You know? 
I love that. Like, there's so many things, Adrian. Oh, my. You touched on so many things. But it's like the mindset. So you you went to to Bible college and everything, and you changed as a person. You changed your mindset and how you approach life and things in general. And I love that because I think that's a big shift that a lot of us need in this industry and it ain't even just barbers i've seen it i've been in beauty salons where they don't speak to you when you walk in the door you know what i'm Absolutely. saying where it's kind of like you don't feel welcome like i've been Absolutely. to a new space to get my hair done and i didn't really feel welcome coming in like they didn't say hello they just kind of right. looked at me and i had to kind of approach them and say hey i'm here for such and such right. or whatever right 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 and it, I, it, it wasn't a welcoming environment and then a lot of times this industry is painted as unprofessional. So the work I think needs to come with us first. And I absolutely, I absolutely love how you shared that. Like you did the work on you first, and then that's when you were able to attract that client. And so absolutely. that's something that, I mean, a lot of people don't really touch on that, but I, I like to talk about that too, because I remember when I was starting my career, at first, because I have a background in aesthetics and makeup. And mm-hmm. at first, it was like, when I first started out, I figured out I could make money doing it. So it was all about Absolutely. the money, right? So that's all it was. I was young. I was just trying to, like, you can make you can make this much money. And I was just really money-driven. But right. then I realized I had a couple of situations where my, my customer service was lacking. I made some mistakes in the beginning. And I realized like, okay, wait a minute. I had to start really looking at myself and looking at, you know, how I wanted my business to be portrayed and how I wanted people to speak about my name, you know, when it came to business with me. And then that was when I actually started to shift, you know, and change and really get, start thinking more about the customer and how I can get more customers and how I can make the process smoother and different things like that. But it wasn't until I really noticed like, okay, I need to make a change. It's not just money. I don't want people having a bad experience or me just being out there for one thing. I want to make sure that I'm offering a quality service of excellence that represents me. So I love that you really, you know, shared that because I think it's missed a lot of times in this industry, especially amongst African-Americans. You know, they say we're all professional. They say different things. And this is a multi-billion dollar industry. And there's still so many people just struggling to make it in this industry. Why do you think that is? I think you I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And it's about personal development. It's about. You know, you can have a good product, you know, but the product not being a good environment, meaning the environment being you, you're the environment, you know. And so, you you know, I know so many great barbers, you know, and I was one of those at one time that had a terrible attitude. And that attitude, I mean, we could just kind of chalk it up because we don't have time to be like trying to go through why people have a bad attitude. We just chalk it up to, hey got a bad attitude, you know, I may come in for another haircut, but you know, I'm not really about to fool with this person. And so, you know, having a bad attitude has everything to do with the psychology of the person. Like what have they gone through? Like we have a whole lot of barbers and beauticians 
you know, and it's and it's not by coincidence that we have so many barbers and beauticians that are African American, and we come out of a struggle, and this struggle does not leave us with our wounds, and a lot of us are unaware of the wounds that we have as we're trying to progress professionally, as we're trying to you know make money. We're thinking that we you know we can just kind of throw ourselves into our profession without dealing and addressing some of those wounds that's going to keep us from advancing professionally and so we have to deal with the wounds of the barber of the beautician so that they can excel now a lot of barbers and beauticians have kind of hung up the clippers you know hung up the the, the hair dryer because they didn't want to take responsibility at the reason why their business didn't flourish was not because a lack of participation or a lack of patronization from the community their business lacked because of them and a lot of us don't want to take on that responsibility like it's not their fault okay well we just got cheap people in the neighborhood oh we black folks you know we don't want to tip you know what i mean we we just chalk it up to all those things because it shines a light on everybody else but it doesn't put the responsibility back onto us on okay there's something going on inside of us that causes us to constantly reschedule appointments constantly be unprofessional constantly you know allow you know just drama to kind of like be in our atmosphere you know what i mean and so you may have someone that may be a professional caliber client that may try you out and they you know and you know they'd be like okay but you know they do hair good they cut hair good but i'm not coming back you know and so you can have the talent, but lack the character because the character is forged through that self-development and going through the process of that hard work of figuring out where I'm lacking at as a, as a person. So that's, that's, that's my answer. Now, as an educator yourself, like, what do you... Are you addressing these things at all as you're seeing different barbers come under you? And I know you've mm -hmm. seen some interesting, you know, situations and people, right? Right. Are you like really like encouraging them to work on themselves, personal development, work on their mindsets, read books? Is that something that you encourage? I absolutely do. Not only do I encourage it, but, you know, anybody that has been around me that know me, you're going to get better because I'm going to challenge you to get better. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to force you to get better. I'm, and I'm not going to let up. You know what I mean? If I see you lacking as pertains to you just kind of giving, uh, pardon my French, a piss poor effort or half-hearted effort, I'm going to challenge that. You know what I mean? And so either you're going to rise to the occasion or either you're going to find somewhere else to work that doesn't require so much of you. But to answer your question, yes, I do. You know, every chance I get, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring into and have poured into the people, you know, uh, that have worked with me, whether it be financially, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, just being concerned about them. Because at the end of the day, if they don't get better, the business as a whole won't get better either. And my, and my goal is that they do make money, be able to take care of their family, not just make money, take care of their family, but be a better person as a result of that. Mm -hmm. 
what are some things you would like to see change in this industry? I think more love, you know, more, more love and more humility. We as black folks don't have no humility because we don't got everything out the struggle. You know, we make songs out of getting things out the mud. And so when you're getting things out the mud, you ain't asking for help. You, you, you figuring out, you figuring things out as you go. And even if you, you're making mistakes, you don't have to make because you want to get it out of the mud and you're not a real black man, a real black woman. If you got help, you're only a real black man or a black woman. If you've done things independent of somebody's help and we got to stop forcing that on the culture because that's not what it means to be a successful black man or a successful black woman is by doing it on your own. Yeah, you have to do the work in terms of persevering through struggles, but we have to be willing to come alongside uh, uh, and, li- and let people come alongside of us and help us and, and not feel like, okay, and, and stop being so suspicious of one another. We're so suspicious of one another. We're so prideful to where we don't want the help. Like, you know, I've offered free haircutting classes. You would think that the shot would be packed. You would think that I would have my phone, you know what I mean, uh, ringing off the hook for, you know, someone, you know, who's wanting to get the education. But, you know, we would rather learn things in secret by ourselves, so that we can say that nobody else helped us along the way. And that's what I would like to see in the industry and not just in the industry, but as a people, more love for one another. I mean, because we're so quick to talk about one another, to put our mouth on one another. And there's no there's no great place that we see that reflected than the barbershop and beauty shop. We're always gossiping about one another, whether it be entertainers, whether it be people who done who done fell in indiscretion within our communities. We always feel that we have the right to be able to put our mouth on the next man or the next person. And I think that we need to we need to take a different approach because that same energy we put out, we don't realize it's coming back to us and we don't realize it's because we put that out. Awesome. I love it. Love, right? <laughs> right. We need more love just in general. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk about like your expertise because you're you're changing lives, you know, helping people um, who suffer from baldness. And <laughs> I think this is something that women have been struggling with for years and men too but i think it's been especially in our community and correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like in our community it's been like a secret you know amongst the men like it it was like a secret that and then social media kind of opened our eyes to it more like oh it's more you know black men are doing this too because you've seen you've been up late at night and you see the infomercial and you see the (laughs) the terrible you know hair replacements and stuff on the infomercials and it's usually you know not for marketed to us right right so A few years back, I say within the last five years or so, it was just like really blowing up on Instagram. You just seeing all these man weaves and, you know, and uh, tattooing and all these things. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't know about the chalk lines. I got to ask you about that too. <laughs> I said, what's the white line? What is that? <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, should you see that? You know, right. but, um, <laughs> But yeah, let's kind of talk about like, um, how did you from go from haircutting to to getting into hair replacement? Like, kind of take us through that. 
you know, how I got into that is that I've always felt like I, I've, I've been on the cutting edge of, you know, wanting to be in the front of uh, any type of change that is happening in the industry. And so that's kind of how I got into it. I saw I saw how the industry was changing. And I'm like, you know, my clients are getting older. <clears throat> you know, and that's one thing you don't realize as a barber. Like, okay, you start, whenever you start as a barber, most start in their 20s, you know. And, you know, you got clients who got a nice full head of hair, got a nice hairline, you know what I mean? And then as you've been cutting them five years, seven years, and you see a lot of men losing their hair quicker. And then you're like, okay. And you get you get men who are talking about, man, I don't know if I want want those fibers or this hair color on my head you know what i mean so they begin to start like letting you know indirectly that man i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know if i'm gonna cut this stuff off or what i'm gonna do and then you start seeing you know some of your clients leave because they're like man you're shaving my head i can save the money and shave my head at home but men don't want to be bald i don't care how many men that talk about Man, I love being bald. No, they don't. If they had an option to have hair, the, the issue is, is they want it to be their own hair, a lot of them. But some men have got to the point to where they don't care what people think anymore. And so it's like, okay, this is a new service out. That's how a lot of men are starting to look at it now. It's a service. You can talk about it, say whatever you want to say. It's a service that's offered, and I'm going to take advantage of it. And so I just started seeing that a lot of men just stopped caring about what other people thought about them. Like this idea of masculinity, like it, it has to be this way. Like, why do men have to be real? But women can be having all this stuff. And, you know, that's considered real to them. You know, why, if, if, why is it that if I'm losing my hair, okay, in order to be a real man, I just have to be bald. And I just started seeing that shift in consciousness and in thought. And I'm like, you know, let me get the training. Let me get the education I need to be able to offer a better service because I love the transformation of it. I mean, the money's good, but I like seeing a man who has been bald maybe for five years and didn't realize that this service was out there or was on the fence for years because, you know, he got family members or even a wife or a girlfriend that, you know, make fun of people who got hair units or hair systems that just decide, you know what, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do something for me. And I think a lot of men are starting to get to that point. I wanna do something for me, you know, because I'm a provider. A lot of men are providers. And so when you're a provider, you don't think about you. You think about what everybody else needs, but. The Business Beauty Network is now on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Biz Beauty Network. We plan to bring some awesome content along with bonus episodes and our weekly podcast episodes to the Biz Beauty Network YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. I think it's a breath of fresh air for men who's starting to think, you know what, I'm gonna do something for me. And I think the community is better when men think like that, as long as it's healthy, of course, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I, I I have seen a shift because more people are doing it. And even like, like, uh, what's it, Jalen Rose? I was looking like, <laughs> like he, he, he don't want to visit, visit somebody, right? Because I don't remember all the hair. <laughs> but whatever makes them feel good. You know, I, 
I'm not against it at all. I think it's awesome that men are being okay with whatever makes them feel good and confident when they step Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And I feel that it's, if it makes you feel good and it makes you more confident, do it. Like, cause I'm right. going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I'm, like, I'm not teasing. I'm not against it for being and the women that are, I don't understand that. Cause we all do <laughs> our own thing to cosmetics, weaves or whatever. And I love right. that. And I love being able to have the transformation, but uh, just seeing the men embrace it as well is definitely something different and interesting. <laughs> But I do want to ask you, like, I see, I've seen interesting things where it's like a, I don't know what the white chalk line is. So can you tell me? What, I know you probably don't do that, but why do they do that? And then you can see it. It's like a square around their head. You know, me being me being uh, part of the generation I'm I'm part of. I, you know, I'm part of Generation X. You know what I mean? I think it's the best generation that ever existed. You know, you know, being a little biased, but. You know, I think that a lot of barbers nowadays are not thinking about their clients. With the with the rise of social media and things being so image-driven in order to attract clientele, in order to attract attention to whatever service or product you're offering, people are using people as a means to an end. So... A lot of barbers are using this white pencil to make it look like it's a well-defined, like a, a contrast between dark and light. They're using that, and it's not practical for their client. It's practical for you on Instagram, on Facebook. It's practical for that, you know, to make people think that you're such a great barber, but it's not practical for the client. And so I really don't agree with it because it's not practical for the client. So what happens when the client goes home and washes his hair? You know, what happens when the client, you know, you know, because the thing is, is about making sure it's a positive experience for the client. You know what I mean? And that it's a, it's a haircut that's going to last as, as long as possible, making sure that they get their money's worth. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of these younger barbers are, they got it twisted. They think it's just about the image and it's not, about being practical for their client. You know what I mean? And, and and the unfortunate thing is that you have a lot of clients who just want that, who just want the image, but they don't, you know, and then they complain when they come back, well, my haircut ain't last me a long. Well, you the one told me to put the white pencil on you. You know what I mean? So I think it's just, I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's practical. I think it's more just image driven. I, I just think it needs to stop. Barbers, <laughs> some barbers need to be stopped. <laughs> Well, thanks for, for tapping into it. I was just wondering because I didn't really know. Like, why did they start doing this all of a sudden? Because you see it on Instagram, right. yeah. and I just didn't really know what purpose it was serving. So that's why I asked. Just, just to draw attention. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Just to draw attention. Okay. Well, you have, you know, shifted like uh from you know regular haircutting as a barber mm -hmm. and now you you specialize in smp and all these mm -hmm. things and you're doing the hair replacements and all of those things did mm -hmm. you get any pushback in the beginning or people who maybe guys who were like i'm not doing that like was it was it easy to get people to uh be more accepting and receptive to it when you started offering these services well you know, the, the reality is, is that this is when you start kind of like getting to the upper echelon of certain clients, because this ain't a $20 haircut. This ain't a $30 haircut. This ain't even a $40 haircut. These are 
up to with the S&P, you can charge up to $3,500, $4,000 for this service. And so someone who wants to get this done, you know, they're not really, they don't, they need encouragement more so than, okay, is it going to hurt? Or the practicality of it, like, okay, how many times are gonna, am I going to have to come back? How do I maintain this thing? Those people that, you know what I mean, uh, who've got to that point, they're not thinking about what people's thinking about me. They're more or less like my clients, they're more or less thinking about, you know, the practicality of it, the financial piece of it, you know what I mean? The, the maintenance piece of it. And so um, you just started dealing with a different client when you start offering a more uh, higher ticket uh, service, you start dealing with a, a different type of client. Uh, now, from the barber standpoint, like other barbers trying to help them to see that this is the direction in which the industry is going, it's kind of harder to get them to understand it because they're more stuck on haircuts. You know, they're more stuck on, they're just more stuck in their ways, you know, and so I would say the pushback has come more or less from the education piece of trying to educate barbers than it is from the clients wanting to get these type of services oh that's interesting that's interesting well i i'm glad that you're offering education for something like this and mm -hmm. encouraging more people to go back and get education i want to talk about furthering your education because i think sometimes in this industry that's what keeps us stuck Absolutely. Like a lot of people wonder why they can't, you know, make more money in the beauty industry, why they can't get beyond a certain point, but they're not investing in themselves. They're not getting right. further education or learning new techniques or staying up on the latest trends. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look at it like the 80, 20, you know, you got, you got, uh, you always going to have like the minority of people who are really, you know, on the cutting edge of things. You're gonna have the majority <clears throat> in any industry that is going to um, just kind of just settle with the status quo. They're gonna just settle just for just cutting hair. They're gonna just settle just for, you know, being the best in their city or, or being the best in their shop. They're not thinking about long-term, they're thinking about right now. And so, you know, I encourage barbers, beauticians, you know, uh, in particular, that that's another another part of personal development. That's another part of developing yourself is by investing in yourself. You know, a lot of individuals want other people to invest in them, but you can't. I mean, I think it's I think it's wrong to to want somebody else to invest in you, and you haven't even invested in yourself. And looking. You know, I, I say that our people, we know the price of everything, but we don't know the value of nothing, a lot of us. And this is for all of our people. But we all, we could tell you how much, you know, this costs, or we can tell you how much that costs, but we don't, we, we don't understand what, the, what type of value it's going to actually bring back into our life. So taking a class like an S&P class or a hair system class is going, is a, is a value to you. You know, instead of looking at the cost of it, okay, what type of value is this going to bring to you? Your brand, you know, what type of value is this going to bring to your brand? What type mm -hmm. of value is this going to bring to your shop, you know? 
Yeah. So, I yeah. love that. Like I, I taught a presentation and I was like, don't decrease your prices, increase your value. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like raise the value, increase the client experience. I always talk about that. Like, um, I think that's, that gets lost in this industry. So I really, you know, thank you for sharing that for sure. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. love that. Just really increasing the value and talking about that. So, you know, you start, you've been in this game for 20 years and now you, you've taken some training and now you, you're advanced in it. You're educating other people. How has this shifted your career? It's caused me to not have to work every day, <laughs> you know, went from, you know, having to stand on my feet all day, every day to where I could do an SMP job. And if I want to take the whole week off, I could. You know, and what does that do? That introduces me to another another avenue of wealth. What do I mean by wealth? You know, there's there's different uh, pieces. There, there's different pieces of the pie of wealth. Like one of the pieces that I'm referring to is freedom. That's wealth. Time freedom. Like it permits me the time to be able to spend with my children without telling my children, no, I can't do that because I got to work. You know, so it just gives me an opportunity to be free and to, and to be free to think about maybe some other ventures, other ventures and other things that I'm working on. Like I have a nonprofit that I started back in 2020, Mended Arrows Academy of Barbering, which the mission is to provide barbering education for people at risk. So that'd be uh, self-sufficient, uh, skilled professionals and role models in their community. You know, so that gives me an opportunity to, you know, uh, you know, ap apply a little bit more attention to the mentoring program that we have here on Tuesdays, you know, for young young men who uh, need mentoring, you know, who need uh, character development, that need to have their anger addressed, that want to learn how to cut hair, you know what I mean? And so it, it gives me an opportunity to not just be so focused on making money, you know, it gives me an opportunity to think about how to give back. So that's what being able to increase your value, increase your work does for you, you know? And I don't think a lot of us think like that because maybe we're not thinking about how we can help other people, where sometimes we're just only concerned about how we can help ourselves more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that you, you have a mentoring program and you're giving back in that way. And one thing I want to piggyback off of what you said about that was i remember when i started in the industry nobody wanted to tell me like how to really get in the industry you know like i was trying to find out like what products do i need to buy right, how do right, i do right, this and right, i'm asking right, people right, in right. the industry and they were trying to share no information with me and i was like dang <laughs> it's like uh you know it was like kind of cutthroat like you know if, I, if you if i tell her then she gonna take all the business type of thing absolutely but absolutely. what i realized along my journey is that i could tell you everything i did and exactly mm -hmm. how i did it and what god has for me is for me so that doesn't mean our absolutely. paths our journeys everything is going to be you know, not the same because our, our paths are different. Our journeys are different. So it doesn't hurt me to help somebody else or to educate somebody else. And one of my goals is to help people to avoid some of the pitfalls that I had to make started out in my career because nobody helped me. So I made a lot Absolutely. of mistakes and fell down and got back up and made some more mistakes Absolutely. and did some things. And I try to tell, talk to people about those things so that they don't have to go through all of that and they can understand, That's okay, awesome. work on yourself. Okay, invest in yourself. Okay, 
find a niche, get a skill, become great at something, master something, you know? And so, yeah, I think that is phenomenal having that freedom to be able to not only service your clients, but then be able to give back as well is great. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing that I don't think, especially our people, you know, uh, don't realize, <clears throat> but I do believe that we're starting to realize it more. So I want to provide that hope, uh, but also a critique as well. You know, we need to realize that nothing we give away is lost. And nothing we give away takes from us. Actually, the things that we give away adds to us it, because it makes room. You know, a lot of us in our community, we have a scarcity mindset, you know, because of the conditions that a lot of us were brought up in. And so we think that <clears throat> you got to you got to you got to keep everything you get. And you have no room to give away anything. And if you do give away anything, you give away crumbs because that's what we've been given you know what i mean and so we treat people the way that we've been treated most of the time unless you have someone that has been that has come in, into contact with something that is supernatural and when you come into some uh, a contact with something supernatural you begin to start doing things that supersede nature or supersede what people thought you should do you know and i think it's just an admonishment to our people you know give and that's the reason why a lot of us don't have what we expect to that we're a lot of us don't have what we're working for because we're working for it but we don't have an avenue of giving and so when you begin to start giving it, it begins to start creating like a favor that you can't even explain that how you're working you know because you, you see what you're bringing home every week and you're like this don't make any sense so how am i bringing home this but I'm still being able to maintain, you know what I mean? Not just maintain, but do a little bit more than what I thought I could do. And you don't realize it's that avenue of you being able to give back. And so I just want to encourage our people, you know, whether it be barbers, beauticians, you know, have a day to where you give back. <clears throat> now, you may not feel like, okay, I'm not in a position to where I can do it for free. Okay, do it for free. Do it at a very subsidized cost, a very offset cost. To where those people that maybe want your services you know what i mean would be able to participate in those services because you're doing and and you really are not really going to get the full effect until you do something for somebody that can't do nothing for you you're not gonna you're not gonna get the full effect and so a lot of us are more business and transaction oriented to where it's like okay i'm going to only give if i can see that there's going to be a direct you know uh feed back to me you know what I mean? So I just want to encourage the barbers and beauticians, you know, that's going to listen to this podcast, you know, um, give back and don't even think about how it's going to come back. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's a tweetable right there, Adrian. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, God. it. I, I, I wasn't even planning to say that. That <laughs> hey, 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 I don't I love it. Well, Andrew, it has been like really awesome learning more about you. Tell us more about like the services you provide, uh -huh. how people can connect with you and all of those things. Absolutely. You can uh connect with me on Instagram, uh the their Barber Bishop, uh Facebook, the Barber Bishop. Uh you can connect with me through uh website, uh the barberbishop.com. 
uh also the bar, uh the barbershop redemption barbershop also if you want to know a little bit about the nonprofit that i'm doing uh the website is mended arrows fw.org um and uh you know you can connect with me uh through that and the services that i offer is uh s p training for individual barbers beauticians anybody in the beauty industry um whether you be a, a shop owner a beauty shop owner a school owner esthetician makeup artist whatever it may be uh i offer s p hair unit haircutting classes and also consulting you know uh barbershop beauty shop consulting and when i say consulting i'm not talking about how you can have the best barbershop around you know practically but how you can create the atmosphere that will attract the type of people that you're looking to attract in your barbershop well since you brought that up <laughs> give us a tip on that how can we attract just one give us one tip on how we can attract it i think atmosphere has a lot to do with it, everything you know just like the thermostat the physical thermostat that we use to regulate whether it's hot or cold you create a thermostat with 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 the atmosphere within your barbershop the music that you're playing the the the, the what's on tv you know how you are you're inviting the smells the colors all those different things but I would say it starts with the individual, like who's at the front door? You know, when somebody comes in, you know, are they, do they feel like you, the shop wants them there? You know what I mean? So I would say that's probably the first thing, you know what I mean? Who's at the front door? Awesome, awesome. So tell us like, how do you stay motivated? Like, is there a book? Is there a podcast we need to be listening to? Is there something that you can give us or like how you stay motivated? Is there your favorite affirmation or what is it? Hmm. I think it has a lot to do with that. You know, it has a lot to do with a little bit of everything, but I would say now this is something I do religiously, but it is something that I have. It's been tested, tried and true in my life. It's spending time with God. And I know that when I stop spending time with God, those other traits that I want to st stay far from begin to start kind of like infiltrating my thoughts again. So I would say waking up, uh, being able to have time to reflect on the day before, because a lot of times you don't know you did something wrong or you don't know that you were out of pocket about something until you sat and think about it. And a lot of us don't have time to sit and think about anything because it's like one thing after the next we don't have time to think about anything so we're going through life not knowing that we're ignoring maybe our spouse's needs or we're ignoring our child's need or we're even ignoring needs that we have inside of our soul you know and so i would have to say if anything taking time in the morning somebody may say well i do that at night or i could do that whenever you do it but i do it in the morning because i just feel like it's like the beginning of my day. And another thing I try to do is work out because, you know, I just feel like it's a place to where, you know, I challenge myself and, and with challenging my body, it's also, it exposes, it exposes me to the way that I think like, okay, like if I'm on the last set, if I'm saying, okay, I'm not doing anymore because I don't feel like it, it lets me know that, okay, Adrian, there's, there's some there's some defeated thoughts that you need to address you know what i mean why don't i have a thought to where it's like i'm about to push myself to another one you know 
So I would have to say those two things, uh, working on your working on your physical temple and working on your uh, your spiritual, emotional, mental, the inside of yourself, uh, that the inside temple. Awesome. Great. Adria, it has been so phenomenal having you on the podcast. I will make sure that I leave all of your links and everything in the show notes. Um, and so that's all we have for you today. Do you have anything else you want to share before we go, Adria? No, I just want to say thank you. You know, thank you for recognizing uh, me. Thank you for, for recognizing that I had something of worth to be able to bring to your platform. And I just pray nothing but for success for you, your show, everything you put your hand to do, pray for uh, success with your husband, you know, anything that you, that you guys are, are trying to do for your family. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you just for taking the time out and, uh, you know, just being you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Adrian, the barber bishop, you <laughs> all, as always, stay great and we are out. Bye. All right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you. So let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.